The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. For the questions today, first I'll be answering a question from a mom about how to answer questions about sex and potentially relationships from her precocious three-year-old. In the second question, I'll be sharing tips with a mom who is looking for some guidance in working with her very strong-willed eight-year-old. The first question is from Jenna, who writes, Hello, Erin. Thank you for sharing all of your insights through your podcast. I have been listening for just a few months, but I really appreciate it and feel it is helping me have a better understanding of my role in my daughter's life as a leader and sculptor of her character. I am a single mom of a three-year-old girl. She is very bright, doesn't throw tantrums, and is pretty well-behaved. I am just emailing because although I've listened to your episodes explaining sex to children, the section you've explained about toddlers is not so much what my daughter is asking. I've been explaining the difference between boys and girls for a while to her, mainly the anatomical differences, and also talking about fetal development with her. She, however, goes a step further by asking, I know I came from your tummy body, but how did I get in there? She asks me this about once a week for the past month. The reason I'm emailing is because I'm not sure as to what detail I should give about sex. It is complicated by the fact that her father and I only dated for a brief time and intermittently, and he is now married. I'm scared we would get into the territory that her father and I were in a relationship at one point, but no longer are and haven't been for years. Her father and I co-parent, and he is a good dad to her, and his wife is kind and loving to my daughter. We have a polite and mutual parenting relationship. I've been thinking about saying something like, when two people are very close, they may put their bodies, private parts, together. She knows she has a vagina and men have a penis. And when they do this, the man sometimes puts something inside the woman that turns into a baby. Your father and I were once very close, and we put our bodies together and made you. From there, I'm scared she will ask many questions about her father and I's relationship, which is why I'm hesitant to answer her with a direct answer of how babies are made. My first answer to this question was magic. The second answer to the question has been, I had so much love in my heart that I had you, or it's a long story. She will always reply to this with, I like stories. 
I don't think these answers are sufficient for her. She knows I'm full of it. She is so bright and has been talking since about nine months. She is curious and always wants to learn. And I hate to sound braggy, and I wouldn't say this unless it's warranted, and I never say this around earshot of her, but in many ways she is advanced. I'm scared that she will be upset, sad, confused about the dissolution of her father and I's relationship. She is often saying, I wish our house were right next to daddy's. I wish I could be with you and daddy together all the time. You should come and have dinner at my daddy's house with me and him. Perhaps this is more of a question about helping young children in dealing with divorce or split-ups. My daughter has never known myself and her father to have ever been a couple, though, so it is a bit different. Any insight or recommendations you can give would be deeply appreciated. So Jenna, it seems for the most part that you are comfortable with sharing the anatomical details of sex with her, but it's the potential questions about your relationship status, be it past or present with her dad, that's leading to the avoidance of the topic. Now, honestly, most children don't ask much, if anything, beyond the mechanics of sex, but she could, so it's good to be ready to answer them, however you feel is best. Now, this is such an interesting question because answering the question about the mechanics of sex and the anatomy of the difference between men and women is the easy part once we get comfortable with doing it. All that takes is a little rehearsal and practice, but talking about relationships and their complexity is difficult, mostly because our kids just don't understand the complexity of adult relationships. My kids ask a lot of questions about relationships, about why people get divorced when they find out a friend's parents are divorced or are getting divorced. And sometimes they'll ask if my husband and I will ever get divorced. They'll hear a song and they'll ask what it's about. I find myself at a loss for words on how to answer these questions myself. Of course, they inevitably ask these questions when I'm driving too, so I do my best to spit out some sort of answer that's as satisfactory as I can make it while I'm trying to merge in traffic. The other thing is half the time they don't even wait or listen to my answer. They're on to the next thing. So in your case, I would come up with answers that are honest and also age and maturity level appropriate. And I say that because some kids at seven are as or more mature than most 11-year-olds. But you know her level of maturity and can mold your answer accordingly. I'm also wondering if there is a deeper reason for your struggle to answer the question that centers around your own struggle with some aspects of the relationship. I may or may not be way off with this, but just something I'm throwing out. I don't necessarily mean in the way that things turned out or that there were wishes for it to turn out differently, but I want, I mean it in a sense that society tends to have strong views about the way relationships and families are supposed to, and I put quotes around supposed to, how they're supposed to work. If you don't fit that very tight mold, there tends to be judgment, or at least we feel there's judgment. Sometimes there is, and sometimes we read into it when there's not. But single parents, divorced parents, gay parents, grandparents as parents, what have you. I wonder if you feel a need or desire to protect her from the reality of her family structure as being seen or judged as different than many of her peers. That could be way off, um, but I bring it up as something to think about as you consider how you want to answer her. It could just be that you don't want her to feel sad and feel like she's missing out. And you feel like bringing this up and talking about the relationship may make her just feel like she's missing out on something that isn't the way, again, relationships are supposed to be, which isn't the case. So here are some guidelines I'll give. When it comes to questions about 
the mechanics of sex, and the anatomy. These are very common questions and curiosities between the ages of two to six, usually starting with questions about the anatomy, like you've been given at ages two and three, and then leading to questions about physiology or the mechanics around the age of four. So she's a little early, asking a little bit earlier than the average. You want to answer these questions to the best of your knowledge and ability and use all of the proper terms for everything. Men have a penis and testes. Women have breasts and a vulva. Now, most people call it the vagina, and that's perfectly fine, and it won't confuse anyone if you use vagina for the entirety of the external female genitalia. But if you want to be most accurate, the vulva refers to all of the female genitalia, the labia, the clitoris, and the vagina. The vagina refers only to the vaginal canal. When she asks questions about the mechanics of creating a baby, you can say the man puts his penis in the woman's vagina. A fluid comes out of the man's penis called semen or sperm. You can use either of those terms interchangeably. Obviously, semen is all of the fluid. The sperm gets carried with the fluid and is actually what fertilizes the egg, but you don't need to go into that much detail with her. You can just say that there's a fluid that comes out of the man's penis called semen that goes into the woman, and that's how a baby is made. That's plenty of detail for her. Answer it as simply as possible. You don't need to get into the whole egg and sperm combine unless she asks for more details and more questions about what combines. How does it happen? It's fine. Share that all with her. If she asks more, she wants to know more. So answer the questions asked. You don't need to say anything or refer to you and uh, her dad. You can keep it very general. You don't need to refer at all to the relationship between you and her dad and how she was made. Just make it very general. Then if she starts asking questions about you and her dad, then you can answer those separately. It's going to be a very separate area and a very different train of thought and line of questioning and thinking in her mind. The relationships versus the mechanic of sex are really, really different. She may end up asking those questions during this line of questioning. It's very unlikely, or she may ask at a different time, and those questions are certainly going to come, so it is good to be prepared. If or when she does end up asking you about your relationship between you and her dad, just share whatever you feel is enough to answer the question and to answer her curiosity without giving details that are beyond her understanding. The other piece here is that kids just don't understand the difference between platonic and romantic relationships until much later. You don't have to say all of this at once, but you can use pieces of it. And I'm going to give some examples of what to say, and you don't have to say all of this at once, but you can use bits and pieces of it depending on the questions asked. So something along the lines of, your dad and I enjoyed each other's company. Sometimes when adults enjoy each other a lot and want to get closer, they have sex. When you have sex, sometimes it makes a baby and we made you. We both love you very much. If she asks if you love her dad or ever loved her dad, just be honest. We loved each other once, but sometimes love between adults doesn't last forever. And then this could lead to other questions. If she asks if you will ever stop loving her, you can explain that love between a parent and a child is very different, that your love for her is unlike any other love you've ever known, that you will always love her no matter what. 
If you were never in love, you can be honest about that. We were friends and we liked each other a lot. I know these are a lot of questions that can feel like you're going down a rabbit hole sometimes, but chances are you won't get too many deep and probing relationship questions for some time. So you'll just want to try to be ready for them as they come. Think about what you would want her to know and not know at each age. Think about what you would want her to know or not want her to know about what she's ready to know or not ready to know at each age, and then be ready to answer accordingly. Think about as she gets older, what you wish you knew before and want to share with her as she gets older and embarks on relationships of her own. Keep the communication open and flowing and be that source that she knows she can go to to ask the difficult questions. Let me know if there's any particular question or concerns you have around this or that have come up since I've given the answer. And if they are too personal and you prefer they be kept private, I'm happy to just send an email response. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple. Make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, By Heart created a clinically proven, easy-to-digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Our blend includes the most abundant protein found in breast milk, alpha-lac, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum, along with broken down, partially hydrolyzed proteins. By Heart is an easy-to-digest formula. In addition to its patented protein blend, our formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. By Heart is the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, the next question is from a mom with a strong-willed eight-year-old. Maury says, I recently discovered your podcast and I'm obsessed. I've listened to a large number of your episodes and have been putting your advice into practice. My question is about my persistent, almost eight-year-old. She is very strong-willed and persistent. She doesn't back down. For example, this morning I was going to class and my husband would have all three of her kids, ages two, five, and my daughter for the morning hours. He told them he will take them to the YMCA childcare for an hour while he works out and then takes them out for an activity. The kids did not want to go to the childcare at the YMCA. We explained to her that daddy needs some personal care time and that afterwards the remaining time of the morning would be dedicated to a fun outing. My daughter broke out into loud and persistent whining, yelling, tantrums, saying she's not going and it's babyish and she refuses to go. We explained that daddy needs to take care of himself to be a good dad and that the rest of the morning they could choose an activity. She continued to throw her tantrum, causing the five-year-old to follow suit and at some point even became disrespectful about not going and it being her choice. Of course it isn't since she can't stay home alone. 
I ended up removing her from the room and explaining that she can't behave this way and it's disrespectful and this is something that isn't going to change. If she continued to yell and whine and disrespect, she wouldn't have to go outside. She stopped, but she started up again shortly after. This went on for almost two hours. What is the correct way to deal with this kind of behavior where the child does not want to back down? I feel like threatening to put her outside was punishment or threats, but she simply wouldn't stop whining and yelling. Not only did this make the other kids not want to go, but the behavior was disrespectful and titled, and she wouldn't stop until I told her she would have to go outside. Yet she still started up again. What are your thoughts? So first, Maury, I want to say, I really like that you tried explaining things to her first. That was a very respectful way to communicate and that modeled that for her. It's certainly a way to start the exchange and model the good communication, even if she's still not always responding very well to it. After that, when the rubber hits the road, what mom and or dad says goes. So how do you move forward rather than engaging in a power struggle? First, You want to detach yourself from her reaction. What do I mean by this? Don't take responsibility for it. It is her own. The tantrums, the disrespect, the whining, the yelling, and the tantrums. That is her reaction to it. It's hers to own. She gets to choose how to react. And of course, there can be consequences to disrespect and how we react. But over time, she will get better when she knows it's not acceptable and won't get her way anyway. But in this instance, it did get her somewhere. It sounds like it bought her two more hours at home. I don't know if dad ever made it to the gym or not. Hopefully so, because if not, she got out of going to the child care center. And in that case, she did get an even bigger payoff from it. So what you want to do is set the boundary and keep moving forward while showing empathy language. That sounds like this. After you've done the initial explanation, like I said, that daddy needs time to take care of himself so he can be a good daddy and that we are going to be going to the gym. You would say, daddy is going to the gym. We are leaving in 20 minutes. I understand that you don't enjoy the child care center. It's only for an hour and today you don't have a choice. You may go get your shoes yourself or I will get them, but either way, we are going today. You want to keep the control. You want to keep the schedule. Now, you say these things as you're continuing to get ready and go. You're finishing breakfast. You're getting shoes on. You're moving towards the door. She may be having a tantrum. She may be whining. So this is her reaction to what's going on, and you want to just keep moving forward. And it sets the precedent that her behavior is not going to derail you and that she doesn't get to take control or change what's happening. Now, you can even say things like this, and I have said this to my kids. You are welcome to whine and complain all you want, but it's not going to change anything. I will not respond unless and until you use your calm voice and talk to me in a much nicer tone. And then I do just that. I ignore the whining, the complaining, the tantruming, and I continue getting ready. I continue getting the other kids ready. Now, this hasn't happened for us for a while because the kids are a little older now, but continue getting ready and moving towards the door. I get everyone in the car. If she's not totally ready, you can grab her shoes and put them in the car. I need you to get in the car now. It's time to go. Now, nine times out of ten, a child will come running to the car, grumpy and in a huff, but they will come to the car. If she continues to push back and will not get in the car, then you can pull out a consequence. I need you to get in the car now. If you do not listen to me, you will not be allowed to go to the pool with Allie later today or whatever consequence it is that you want to use there. 
Now, as I've shared before, consequences are a last resort. So that's why we wait till the very end. And when she really refuses to get in the car, it really just won't follow through because all these other steps, like I said, nine times out of 10, kids will come running and be like, okay, okay, I'm coming. I've used this many times. And every single time the child holding out will be like, okay, okay, I'll do it. And they get in the car and go with us. So you wait till the very, very end to use the consequence. If they just say, you know, I'm not getting in the car, then you can use the consequence for that to be like, no, this is happening. You want to send the message that the child is not in charge. You are, including the schedule. We are leaving in 15 minutes. We are leaving in five minutes. You need to get your shoes now. The message is that you will be continuing forward with your plans despite the protests and the tantrums and the whining and that you will not engage in a power struggle. You will stay above it. Several classes discuss other ways and more details on the good tools for dealing with this type of behavior when kids dig in. The classes are power struggles and consequences. Again, we want to use consequences as a last resort. We try to go through all the other discipline and in general focus on more positive discipline throughout the day. When we do that, power struggles are much fewer and further between. But when it comes to situations like this and children are doing their best to take control of the situation, then it may become necessary to use a consequence. And there are three different types of consequences. So learning which ones to use in which situations. And there are even some positive consequences, but they must be used properly or they come across as bribes. So I recommend the positive discipline tools class, misbehaviors and their solutions, plus the two classes I mentioned, power struggles and consequences for any parents who are wondering how to turn behavior more positive, as well as how to keep control in these types of situations that Maury shared with us when their kids are doing their best to engage in a power struggle and try to take control of the situation. All those classes can be found on the website at yourvillageonline.com under the discipline tab. Also, we redesigned the homepage. So if you're curious, be sure to check that out. If you want to give me feedback, I'd love to hear it. I think it looks a lot cleaner and a lot nicer. So I'm really happy with it. Now I'll be on vacation next week with my family and decided that since school doesn't start for us for another two weeks, that I will go ahead and keep the summer promo code active until August 15th our last day of summer break for my family. So for 15% off, that's one five percent off of any class or membership that continues as long as your membership is active, use the code SUMMER18, SUMMER18, when you check out by simply entering it at the bottom of the checkout page. You can see all the classes and sign up at yourvillageonline.com and remember to use the code SUMMER18 when you check out. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.